Stream us live or listen to past podcasts 24-7 at LBSportsNetwork.com. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. And here we come to you live from the facility, from the headquarters, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. In the huddle, your boy Q still holding it down for Vinny Bonsignor as he is wrapping up his vacation today and tomorrow. And then that's a done deal. <laughs> then he's back on Monday, back in the huddle. I'll transition to my show that will come on from 2 to 4 p.m., Unnecessary Roughness, right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And very excited, just a week ago I did my first show here in Las Vegas, coming from Central Texas, and I did it from, well, where I'm sitting right now, which, again, is the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in Henderson. Very excited about being back here in the building Today, if you remember from uh, last week, I rolled in and didn't really know what I was doing and just kind of had to feel the, 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 the lay of the land and make my way all the way to where I'm at right now inside the facility. But this time, I rolled up to the security gate and gave my name and I rolled all the way up to the front row. I said, I oh, know I must be parked in the front row. So I just rolled all the way up there. And then, of course, I roll all the way up as far as you can go, and I couldn't find a spot. <laughs> of course, right? Couldn't find a spot, and then finally there was one, so I parked there. But I, at least I looked the part. I looked like I knew what I was doing. But uh, very excited to be here for the next couple hours, bringing a lot to you. Got a lot of good guests coming up on the show. Got a lot of good conversations to bring to you. Of course, want to hear from you. The Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. We'll definitely hit that lineup throughout the course of the show. Also, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Hit up com because you deserve what's best. Going to do that multiple times. Hit that text line up mess, uh, multiple times. So uh, that's coming up throughout the course of the show. Uh, Damon Cotton, he's in the studio. He's making things happen. Definitely appreciate his efforts at all times. And uh, he's going to assist throughout the course of the show, getting the guests on, getting the listeners on. I mean, just getting us through the, through the waters, navigating it to make me sound like I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so DeMond does a great job back there uh, in the home studios, which I'll be back there in the home studios tomorrow. But uh, very excited to be here today. And before I really get into the meat of the show and let you know the guests that are coming up on the show, and I'm very excited about the guests that we have, I did want to pass along a little bit of sad news. Uh, actually, not a little bit of sad news, a lot of bit of sad news. Um, former Raider assistant, Greg Knapp, he passed away today at the age of 58 years old, and I'm sitting here at the facility, the headquarters here in Henderson, and of course the motto with the Raiders, once a Raider, always a Raider, and he was uh, on the coaching staff multiple times, but got into a car, uh, not a car accident, excuse me, a bicycle accident last week with a car. It was a single motorist, about 2.49 p.m., according to San Ramon Police Department, and uh, based on preliminary investigations, drugs and or alcohol were not a factor. Uh, the vehicle's driver, whose name is being withheld, is cooperating with the police. Uh, he was in critical condition. And you know when you see, okay, a guy got into an accident, in a bike accident, and he's in the hospital, you think, okay, it sounds like it could be bad, but he's going to pull through. He's going to be okay. He'll be all right. And I, I know immediately after um, the, the accident happened, I know the Jets had put out a statement because that's who he currently works for. Uh, Robert Sala, the new head coach there in New York, had put out a statement talking about Greg Knapp and of course, many around the league that have, are familiar with him, as, as he's been a longtime uh, coach in the league, put out statements about him. 
And uh, unfortunately, on my way over here, I'm driving, and all of a sudden the alert pops up on my phone that Greg Knapp had passed away. So uh, rest in peace to Greg Knapp. Uh, prayers to his family. 58 years old is is very young still, very, very young. And it just goes back to knowing that you don't know when it's your time. You just have no idea. And, you know, I, I, like I said, don't want to start the show on a somber note, but, I mean, man, life is so precious. And I think that we all in our personal lives learn a lot of examples, and we all are reminded of that a lot. So a lot of times we don't appreciate what we have or who we have around us at the time that we have them around us. And we really got to do a better job of that as a society, as husbands, as sons, as wives, as daughters, as brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? Like we just, as a, as a society, we need to learn to appreciate each other and life a lot more than I think that we do. I think we go 100 miles an hour, and I know I'm guilty of it. I go 100 miles an hour all the time. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, whoa, I didn't, you know, wait a minute, hold on. And, and then that's the harsh reality. And so we don't want to have those moments and, and we want to make sure that we appreciate everyone around us because we honestly do not know what's going to happen. Greg was out on a bike ride. He didn't think he was going to get hit by a car, got hit by a car. And then boom, a week later, passes away. So um, yeah, again, prayers out to his family. I know they must be devastated. And, uh, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. I uh, wanted to just pass that along at the top of the show, something I've talked about a couple times uh, leading up to this point. But again, I, I just foolishly, I guess, thought that he was going to pull through and it was going to be all good. You know, that's what we always think, right? And uh, unfortunately, it takes a, a turn for the west, uh, worst. So uh, former Raiders assistant coach Greg Knapp passes away on July twenty second, 2021. Coming up on the show today, I guess that's kind of a tough transition, but coming up on the show today, I have some really good guests that I want to get to. As training camp is right around the corner, the 27th, I was just in here talking with Eddie with the Raiders. We're talking about training camp and starting to get emails about covering training camp and how we're going to tr- cover it and what tier, you know, person, media m- member are you and, and how is that determined? And, you know, there's a lot that goes into everything uh, these days as you're trying to cover a team the, as best you can. And I've been covering the Raiders for a long time from a distance, a very far distance, about 18 hour drive, if you just want to know. <laughs> about 18 hour drive 24 hours if you're in a U-Haul with your wife and a daughter <laughs> and some beef jerky and some sunflower seeds about 24 hour drive just saying that's it just beef jerky and sunflower seeds I mean you gotta get some better snacks for a road trip hey man I'll tell you right now brother I have never had so much beef jerky and sunflower seeds in my life than that drive back from Texas in a U-Haul pulling a Nissan Picture this. Picture that, okay? And we're going up hills. We're going – and first of all, it took about a bazillion hours just to get out of Texas. I think the hardest drive was getting out of the state of Texas to begin with. But I'll tell you, man, every time we stopped, you know, it's like, well, what do you want to get? What kind of snacks do you want? So we had the most random and stupid stuff. I've been, I feel like I should own stock in beef jerky. I had so much beef jerky on the way. Like my whole insides didn't feel good when I, when I finally made it to town. My whole everything felt bad. Yeah, because you've been eating dehydrated meat for like a day straight. Well, sorry, Mr. <laughs> Bodybuilder of the Year and Mr. 
Jimmy Superfly Snooker. I'm sorry. You didn't, you didn't even try. You didn't even try to switch it up. You didn't say, "Hey, let's just stop. Maybe we can like get a salad somewhere, something green." Just nah, just beef jerky. We're not stopping, family. You think I? I mean, look, man, Demond, Demond. First of all, I came from Texas. There's no way that I was driving to U-Haul with a wife and a daughter in the car, and I was gonna suggest we stop for a salad. I'm just saying, I mean, some, something Demond, where you can get some options. I am not saying let's stop for a salad. Maybe a smoothie, something. So, like, d- geez, Dad, can we get something better than beef jerky? Look, man, there's multiple things that you have to think about and go through your mind while you are traveling that far of a distance. And one is you're trying to eliminate stops. I don't know about you. I like to consider myself what I like to call black toast. I'm not going to get too many smoothies and knowing I have a 24-hour drive or an 18-hour drive because then that drive is going to be delayed with all the stops I'm going to have to make. And on top of that, you don't know the condition of the restrooms that you're going to be stopping to use along the way. Some are great. Some are great facilities along the way. Others, you'll just say, you know what? I'll hold it till the next stop. So, no, Damon. No smoothies in my life. Man, they go, I'm never going on a road trip to you with you, man. Jeez. I'm just saying. We, we, can't, we can't stop to go to the bathroom. We no, we can stop. We got beef jerky. Well, well, you don't know about the conditions of the bathroom, so you probably won't even want to chance it. I mean, Damon, you, you got to stick to a schedule. You got to stick to a schedule. Where's your sense of adventure? My sense of adventure is driving <laughs> a U-Haul that can only go about 65, maybe 70 tops. That's where my adventure lies. Have you ever tried to go over the Hoover Dam in a U-Haul? Can't doesn't work. Have. Doesn't work very well. That truck started. That thing started yelling at me. I'm going up the hill, and that thing. I, I almost promise. I almost promise. I heard that thing say, "I can't do it no more. I can't do it no more. I can't abort mission. Abort mission. Pull over." I could have sworn I heard the U-Haul tell me to pull over, but I kept going. I kept on trucking, and finally I made it around midnight. Even tried to get a hotel room multiple times. That's how bad it was. I even tried to stop multiple times to get a hotel room just because everything was sold out. Oh, so you can stop because you want to sleep, but you can't stop because the family wants something else to eat other than be. want oh this is a boring stretch i'm gonna go to sleep oh this is boring i'm gonna go to sleep oh i don't want to hear what he's talking about anymore i'm gonna go to sleep i mean they had options i had no options my option was stay awake and keep my hands on the wheel that's what my options were but hey i'm here and we made it safely so we're good so with that being said let me tell you who's coming up on the show today now that you've uh you've uh you shamed me in my cross country traveling skills. And you were probably playing nothing but that god awful nineties hip hop too, huh? No! Guess what, Damon? The radio didn't work half the time. It didn't even work half the time. It was no it was no Bluetooth. It was no CD player. It was no, and I'm really gonna age myself, cassette deck. There was nothing. It was a radio that worked sometimes. <laughs> Oh, man, that makes it even better. No, it doesn't. For me, for me, for me. me, I I listen to Spanish music. For for a stretch in Albuquerque, I listen to Spanish music. You know why? Because it came in. 
I might just want to keep hearing this. Oh, man, you got to get to the rest of the show. But I'm I know. You totally tears. derailed me in the first 11 minutes, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's serious, I tell you. Anyway. Unbelievable. I'm glad I like you. Coming up at 3.30, <laughs> Brian Salmon, sports anchor, KSNV News 3. He's going to join the show to talk about training camp up around the corner, 27th. I love this, man. I love talking to people about training camp and their expectations because I love to hear what people are going to be looking at, what they're going to be focusing in on as training camp opens up. And then, obviously, once camp opens and you're starting to see and start to hear some reports out of camp, then, you know, how does expectations change? How does, you know, your, your focus change? So uh, we're going to talk to Brian coming up at 3.30. Also, uh, he was at the Mountain West um, Media Days, Mountain West Football Media Days, and I didn't make it to day two today. I was supposed to make it today. I, I had planned on making it. The players uh, were there and made available to the media, and I just got caught up at the office with so much other stuff going on that I just didn't have time. It's funny, uh, at the radio station, we have this uh, this tutorial that you have to go through at some point to kind of confirm your employment or just, like, solidify your employment. And so it's really one of those basic, like, no-brainers. You know, everything that they tell you to do or everything that they teach you to do in this, uh, in this tutorial is absolutely a no-brainer. And that's the way that you operate at, at work. But you still need to go through it. So I got to work a little early. It's about an hour long. It takes about an hour. That's what the estimated time is. I got to work a little early and decided I was going to knock it out this morning because I've been kind of delaying on it. I did, I did the driving, the virtual driving test. I did that right away because that only took about eight minutes. That was great. This one was about an hour, so I was kind of dreading it. So I was like, you know what? Let me just knock it out this morning. Brother, I took that thing. Finally, I took that test about five times. <laughs> I, was, I was so frustrated because you have to get, I think you had to get an 80. And my first time I took the test, you go through this whole tutorial, and then you take a quiz at the end, and, and you're supposed to remember. Well, you know, you, when you're going through these things, you kind of half pay attention. And I was and just, just about to say, you thought you were just going to breeze on by? Yes, yes. I didn't think end. I was. I, exactly. I didn't think I was going to have a full-blown test at the end, but I did. So the first time I went through it, I got a 70. So they said, please do it again. I said, all right, no problem. I figured, you know, cool. So I failed once. That's cool. And uh, look, to my credit, 70 is not a fail in real life. 70 is still a C. So I did it again got a 73. Please take again. Oh, man. Took it the next time, brother. <laughs> I got a 60. <laughs> I said, okay, this is trending in the wrong direction now. We got to do something else here. Something's not right. So uh, then I started really thinking, like, okay, Q, pay attention to what you're doing. Like, just, and so I started thinking that because I answered one way, that it, and this, answer, this question popped back up, I must have answered it wrong. Well, then I realized about the fourth test in that, no, it was the same test questions. It was just in different order. And they weren't necessarily wrong the first time. So I, I eventually got it. I got an 80, and I passed. So I'm good. <laughs> I've passed that part of the test. So, so you were just cl- you were just clicking. Were you just trying to memorize it? Or- I was trying to memorize it. I was trying to remember if this was true and I got it wrong. That it's got to be false. The ones that got me were the ones that said you could answer more than one. That was the one that got me the most because I sometimes I answered two and it ended up being three, and sometimes I answered three and it was only two. And so it really, I think it was. I think it was not very friendly to me. I don't know, I think it was not very user friendly to me. But either way, I ended up with an 80 and I passed it. And so I was really happy about that, really proud of myself. And so I went to make sure that I saved it 
And so I pressed save, and it said, do not close until the little hourglass is gone. I was okay. So I sat there and sat there. Damon, 45 minutes went by, and that hourglass was still there. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not closing this thing because I'm not doing this test again. And finally, it, was, it disappeared. Next time I looked at it, it disappeared. I thought, okay, cool. And then I went back and clicked on it to see, to, it says, you know, everything that you've completed, make sure you're good. And so I clicked on it and said, you've completed nothing. And, oh, man, I almost lost it. I oh, almost yeah, you got, lost you gotta, it. You got to at least just leave the building at that point. No, I, I immediately went to someone's office. It was like, hey, I, I walked in. I said, help, help, help the new guy, please. And so I told them what happened. And they said, okay, we'll do a little bit of background. I think we can email someone to look you know, look in the back channels of it and make sure that you completed it. And they said, what did you say your, your grade was? I said, well, my final grade eventually was an 80. <laughs> And so I just got the email while I was sitting here, uh, here in Henderson, at the Raiders facility. That yes, I'm good to go. So I'm cleared. I'm cleared. I'm How good. How would you have been if you go to the office? Hey, help the new guy. <laughs> I got an 80. And they're just like, we have no record of that. Oh Sorry, man, you, uh, no Brother, special treatment here. My feelings would have been hurt because man, that's a rough deal. But that's good. I'm good to go. So. I don't even know how I got on that subject, but it did. It just happens sometimes. That's how my morning went. That's, that's, that's why I missed the Mountain West uh, uh, conference media session is because I wasn't able to get out of there on time because I was doing that, that long test, and I was doing it multiple times because I continued to, to, to fail. So when Brian Salmon joins us, he'll tell us about day two of, uh, of the Mountain West conference media session as well, just what he took away, you know, what his thoughts are on UNLV this upcoming year. And, you know, just we'll scatter shoot, just similar to what we did with uh, Cassie Soto on yesterday. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Bill Williamson, SB Nation. He covers the Raiders, been covering the Raiders for a very, very, very long time. He's going uh, to join the show, and we'll also uh, talk some, some Raiders football with them. We'll talk defense, you know, Gus Bradley being brought in as a defensive coordinator. You know, there's a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, but how, how does that talent get put to – put together how, how does the the, the piece of the pie come together how does how does the puzzle come together where that defense is out there flying around knowing what they're doing and uh, that's obviously going to get started next week so uh, really kind of concentrate on defense when it comes to Bill and also I wanted to talk to him about the red zone so uh, do a little bit of red zone offense with Bill and uh, also talk some defense so that's going to come up at four o'clock and then as I mentioned before, once a Raider, always a Raider, and this guy needs really no introduction. Uh, matter of fact, he's a guy that is in the huddle quite a bit with Vinny Bonsignor when Vinny's here, and he was in the show or on the show uh, a lot in 2020. That's Lincoln Kennedy, former player, now color commentator. Lincoln Kennedy, he's going to join the show at 4.30, and of course, well, I'll focus on the offensive line with Lincoln Kennedy, because why? It only makes sense. The offensive line is one of the areas of the team that I'm really going to concentrate on as training camp gets started. Colton Miller, you know who he is. He's a solid dude. You know who Richie Incognito is? Uh, 38 years old, Richie Incognito, coming off an Achilles. But uh, from all reports are, he's in great shape. He feels good. He's ready to rock and roll and go. And if there's one guy that can get it done, it would be Richie. So you feel good about the left side of the offensive line. And when I say you feel good about it, it's not that I don't feel good about the right side. It's just there's, there's, there's more questions with the right side because it's less experience there. Alex Leatherwood, right tackle, no experience. Rookie. Drafted number 17 overall first round this past draft. I'm assuming Denzel Good's going to end up being the right guard, but you never know the competition with John Simpson, the, the, the guard that was drafted out of Clemson in the fourth round just a year ago. That could heat up. But I'm, I'm just, like I said, assuming Denzel Good's going to probably, probably be the favorite for that with John Simpson being some really quality depth and, and at some point maybe taking over that spot. You, just, you, n- you never know. But that's something that you'll figure out in training camp. And, of course, Andre James – 
taking over for Rodney Hudson at the center position. Nick Martin comes over from the Houston Texans. He's also going to be competing in training camp. And the thing about Nick Martin that I really like, he could play center, but he could also, in a pinch, play guard. He's got versatility. He's part of the V word, versatility. He's got that. And that, I think, is big. Because as we saw just a year ago, Tom Cable, offensive line coach, had to work magic. Tom Cable, the offensive line coach, he, all, he had to do his best Harry Houdini act or his best magic show guy. Tell me your best magician. <laughs> I mean, he had to work magic. You like how I said that, Demond? Best magic show guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I can tell that you love magic shows. I, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm, I, was never, I was never a magician. I respect him. I just never was a magician. That's like the equivalent of someone's like, yeah, you know, the sports ball player. Well, I mean, some guys say that. Some guys say that because that's just what they, you know, that's what they do. But Tom Cable, he did. He worked, he worked some magic. He did, he did a lot. And I'm not going to say with a little because those guys aren't, you know, a little. They're very talented dudes. But the offensive line is that challenging position. Wide receivers are one thing. If one wide receiver goes down, hey, you know, I, I've got a, I got a number two right behind him that I think, you know, could fill that void. But offensive line, since they have to work together, it's hard to get them to be a solid unit when you're consistently having to mix guys up and bring one guy in and have this guy fill this void. It's just, it's just so difficult. That, that unit on the team, I want to say, is probably the hardest part of the team to actually make one solid unit because they've all got to be on the same page. And Tom Cable did a good job with that. So that's something that he's going to be challenged with this year as, uh, you know, as, as the Raiders get ready for a, a very challenging season with the Baltimore Ravens being the first team up on the, on the schedule, visiting Allegiant Stadium, Monday Night Football, all eyes, all NFL eyes will be on them. It's no longer dual Monday Night Football games, no back-to-backs, no doubleheaders. It is one Monday Night Football game, and it is the Raiders hosting the Baltimore Ravens. So all eyes will be on them. Calais Campbell coming to town. You know, Baltimore always has a salty defensive line. So that offensive line is going to get tested early, and it's going to get tested often. So Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 4.30 to talk all things offensive line. I'll also ask him about the small business showcase that he was at the other night when I actually ran into him. Uh, matter of fact, the last time that I saw Mark Bedane uh, was at that small business showcase at Allegiant Stadium. So uh, that's the guest lineup for the show that we have. The time is 3.22 when we come back. I do want to throw out a question out there. Matter of fact, there's, there's been a lot of news throughout the course of the NFL today. Uh, one very uh, sensitive subject as far as players go, and I know some, some fans and some listeners are very sensitive to the situation as well, but the NFL is really cracking down on this vaccination situation. Basically letting it be known, if your team you know, has multiple guys, has a breakout, has a COVID breakout, and multiple guys can't go, they're not going to do like they did last year where they move games around. Remember, there was games played almost every single day of the week. I think, no, actually, every day of the week there were games played in 2020 because they had to postpone these games. You remember the Denver Broncos had it really, really bad. Steelers had it really, really bad. I mean, the Raiders had it bad at, you know, at one point throughout the course of the season. So they're not going to postpone and, and move games around. That's going to be a forfeit. That's just going to be a big fat L and guys aren't going to get paid. And that's rubbing a lot of players the wrong way. If you're on Twitter and you're looking at some players, guys like DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals have already come out and said, I don't know what my future in the league is going to be because I don't want to get a vaccination. I might not play. Now he deleted that tweet, but that's what he said initially, you know, 
Other guys, Jalen Richard. That was one of those, you got to walk that back. Boy, boy, I am mad. How mad? Well, maybe not that mad after you think about it for an hour. But, but Remember boy, what boy, Herm boy, Edwards mad. said? Herm Edwards said, to, you don't have to press send. He <laughs> said, you don't have to press send. Anytime you send out a tweet, you always have to press send. You don't have to press in if it's if it's something like that, but it's it's uh yeah it's crazy to see that you put it in the drafts as a boy, I, boy why I oughta right exactly exactly so a lot of players across the league though have, have put something out about not you know not liking what's going on with this new vaccination rule and uh, you know it's just the NFL saying hey you know we're concerned about this we want you vaccinated we don't want to have any games uh you know be even close to being postponed so. You know, I want I want to know your thoughts. It's been something that's been talked about quite a bit. I know JT earlier today had had a little bit on it. He was talking about, but you know, do you feel the NFL and their vaccination rule that was rolled out this afternoon? Do you think it's fair? Do you think they should basically tell the guys, "Hey, get vaccinated or else you're you're, you're taking the chance of costing your team a game. You're taking the chance of costing your team and, and the other team money. You could lose a lot if you don't play that game." So what are your thoughts on that? We definitely want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Hit up com. You deserve what's right. Definitely want to hear from you. The time is 325. we got Brian Salmon coming up at uh, 3.30, but uh, we have time. We have time for at least one call and a, and a text message or two. Hit us up. This is In the Huddle right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Welcome back to In the Huddle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy Q holding it down right now is... Vinny Bonsignor is on vacation. He'll be back on Monday, and I'll slide back into my normal position on Monday, 2 to 4, Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio right now. And right now I want to go out to the Raider Nation guest hotline and bring in my guy, Brian Salmon, sports anchor, KSNV News 3. You can find Brian on Twitter at BrianNews3LV. And, Brian, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I definitely appreciate it. How pumped up and excited are you to uh, know that training camp is going to get started next week on the 27th? That's when the players report. Uh, I'm sure you're fired up and excited about that. But uh, just what are your plans? What are your thoughts as far as uh, training camp goes and, and, and the coverage that you're going to be able to provide and, and maybe a couple players that you're looking forward to checking out? Well, first of all, i got to say my boy Q, uh, I may be more pumped to be on the radio with you, man. I, I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't be any more excited about the Raiders and training camp getting started in just a week. It's just a week. It, it's kind of crazy that we're going to actually have a real live training camp that we can actually go to. We can actually see the players. We can actually get to that beautiful compound out there in Henderson. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a good time. It's definitely going to be a good time. And it'll lead up to us actually, hopefully, getting the chance to watch a Las Vegas Raiders game in Allegiant Stadium with fans in the building. So, yeah, I, I couldn't be any more excited about training camp, what, under a week away, the 28th? It was the first day? 
Yeah, exactly. The 27th, the players report, and then everything gets started on the 28th. But uh, you said something there that caught my attention. Fans in the stands at Allegiant Stadium, and I was able to be there last year for one game. I know you were able to cover them like a glove, but again, there were no fans. How much of a difference do you think that that's going to make when that Allegiant Stadium is packed to the gills with silver and black, crazy, hollering fans just fired up watching their team take on the Chiefs or any other team that comes into Allegiant Stadium? Uh, it is going to be, as uh, your girl would say, Gwen Stefani, B-A-N-A-I. I can't <laughs> anyway, it'll be bananas, man. It'll be bananas. Um, just think about this. I remember when they played Kansas City. And I think, is that the game that you went to? The Chiefs yes. game that they played here in town? Yep, yes. yep. Could you imagine that particular game with all those stakes on the line? I believe it was a Sunday game that was on our air that mm-hmm. uh, if they had fans in the building for that, they open up that window, you can see the strip. It's going to make all the difference in the world. I think it's going to be at least worth two to maybe three victories. You know what I mean? Because you've got right. that kind of fan support. It's definitely going to help out the team. Um, I-, I talked to Max Crosby at UFC 264, and that was one of the questions I asked him. I was like, man, listen, how excited are you in just, you know, just anticipating having Raider Nation inside of Allegiant Stadium? He talked about Oakland was crazy. He's like, man, being here in Las Vegas in that stadium – it's going to be crazy times, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'm glad you mentioned Max Crosby because that's a dude I wanted to ask you about, man. I mean, he's going into year three. He's led the team in sacks the, the first two years in his in his uh, career so far. And now he's got Unique Ngakwe across from him. And not only that, he's got a bunch of free agents that the Raiders brought in on the defensive line to help out and a new defensive coordinator. Uh, what are your expectations for Crosby in year three? How do you think he takes his game from where it's at to the next level? Man, I think Max Crosby, one, he loves living in Las Vegas. He loves playing for the Raiders. So when you have that kind of combination with a guy, you know, who's young, he's going to do whatever he can in order to stay in this system, stay in the situation that he's in. So I think he's just going to continue to just get better, especially, as you said, he's got a a beast on the other side of him. And in Gakwe, that's just going to open up things for him even more. You know what I mean? It's got to open up things for him even more. So I'm looking for a huge, a huge season for Max, man. And I've gotten to know him a little bit, man. And, and he's a good dude, man. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to be cheering for him, man. We're not supposed to, but I will be. Yeah, it's hard not to cheer for a guy, especially a guy that's, you know, you feel like doing things the right way. He recently came out and said that, hey, man, I'm 16, 17 months, you know, sober right now, which is awesome. I think that that's a great accomplishment. Um, Just with that being said right there, you look at Crosby coming out and saying that. Darren Waller, we know that, you know, the the, the demons that he's fought and where he's at right now. Of course, Carl Nassib comes out and says what he says about, you know, being gay. But all these guys are comfortable in their own skin right now. What does that tell you, Brian, about about the Raiders organization, that locker room, and, and the group of guys that they're all comfortable with being who they are and admitting, hey, this is who I am and, and this is where I need to improve? You know what, man? That, that's, a, that's a great question. It's a really great question. And I think it starts at the top. It starts at the top, man. I mean, Al Davis was that kind of man. You know, he went against the grain. He went against the NFL. He believed in, in you know, his principle and stood by it strong, his pop. To me, and I've been at a bunch of different organizations across the country, from the Saints to the Patriots to the uh, to the Houston Texans, and I can tell you this much: there's not a more accessible owner in in sports, let alone just the NFL. Not a more accessible owner than Mark Davis, and just he's always around. You know what I mean? He's a guy you can walk up and touch and talk to, 
And he genuinely will talk to anyone that's involved in Raider Nation. And what more of an example do you need of how much he, he breathes and lives with Raider Nation and the fact that he said if, if Raider Nation can't go, all of them, to games at Allegiant Stadium at full capacity, then I'm not going to go. And he didn't go to a game all season long. So when you have that kind of acceptance and leadership at the top, it trickles its way down so guys feel comfortable to be who the heck they want to be. You know what I mean? I mean, Mark Davis came out during the whole social injustice initiative, right? right. And he, you know, he, he put out his statement. He was, he was for the cause. Right. So when he steps up and talks about stuff like that, Nassim feels comfortable. Crosby feels comfortable. Darren Waller feels comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's a beautiful thing, man. It really is, and, and, and still it has that, that old-school Raider feel as well, like you mentioned, because Al Davis was that guy. You know, He was that guy that basically let you be who you were. Uh, you just obviously had to get into the locker room and make things happen and, and go get it done on the field, but he was comfortable being who you are, and it just, it's, it's kind of refreshing, Brian, to be able to you know, see an organization and see guys that don't all have to be from the same walk of life or don't all have to be you know, the same kind of dude, but they, they still are able to get along and able to go out there and, and, and compete together no of course man i mean not every single person on the team is going to be democrat or republican or you know what i mean not every person obviously clearly not every person is going to be heterosexual homosexual whatever so the fact that these guys come together as a family all families real families are different you know what i mean and a, a team is no different than an extended family so when you have a family that gets along and aren't throwing turkey legs at each other at the, at, the, <laughs> at the Thanksgiving table, like the Raiders, then only thing that can happen from that is something that's good in a team that loves each other, man, plays for each other. And generally, that'll equate to wins, man. I, I think that's a, it's nothing but a good thing. Yeah, every time you hear a team that won a championship and you ask them about that, you know, nine times out of ten, some player is going to say, well, we all genuinely loved each other in that locker room. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? <laughs> now, there Absolutely. may be an exception every once in a while, but not too often, you know? Not too often. Uh, that That's usually not the case. We're talking right now with Brian Salmon here on uh, Radio Nation Radio 920. He's a sports uh, anchor, KSNV News 3 here in Las Vegas. And what was your thoughts when you saw what the NFL rolled out to today basically saying hey man if you know a team has to forfeit a game or if a team has a, a big outbreak of, of the COVID-19 uh, they're not postponing any games they're going to actually make you forfeit and that's going to cost you money it's going to cost the opposite team money uh, what were your thoughts on that and and, and do you think now maybe teams are going to get the idea that hey we better go get this vaccination this is getting real you know what uh, that is the NFL being the NFL <laughs> you know what I mean right like, Man, they, they don't care about what you got going on. We're all doing everything uniformly. You know what I mean? You're going to get on this train and you're going to get left behind. And, I mean, there's no other example of how much they feel that way than looking at last year when, you know, teams, if they're missing – I can't remember which game it was. They're missing their, their starting – was it the Bears? Missing their starting quarterback or something like that. And they made them Oh, the Broncos. The Broncos, yeah. They made them trot out a dude, man, that, that worked down at Smith's Groceries. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, man, they don't care. Like, listen, you got too many people in COVID protocol and you can't play? Sorry, man. Uh, go take one of them Shannon Sharp hot L's and, uh, you know, get beat. <laughs> right. So, yeah, they don't care, man. I, I, I,
saying you have to do this as you can. You know what I mean? Like that's that's their way of saying, oh yeah, you have to, but they can't technically tell you they have to. Yeah, and, and how about this? If you looked at any of the the coverages, the um, guidelines, I guess, in order for media to be able to cover, uh, you're not going to yep. have any kind of accessibility if you haven't been vaccinated for right. the most part. You know what I mean? So, yep. and that I mean again, that starts at the top. So. Uh, that's trickling down from the, the NFL on down to the, the teams and whatnot. So, But at the same time, when they're talking about people getting vaccinated, how many cases now are we seeing with people that are popping up positive that have been vaccinated? I just saw someone in the Olympics right. yeah. just popped up positive and they were vaccinated. So, ooh. I don't well, want to go back down that, hole, that road again, man. <laughs> no, no, and, and it's a hotbed here. I mean, it really is. It, it's a hotbed right here in uh, in Las Vegas because everyone's coming in, and you know they're going on the on the truth the truth method. Hey, if you got vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And people are like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not going to wear a mask. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah exa- exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I did want to ask you, what do you and Jesse have planned uh, this this season at uh, at Channel 3 as far as your coverage? Uh, what are you going to be able to provide? I know you guys do some shows and everything. I know me and you were talking about some shows that you guys put on. Uh, what do you guys have coming up covering the Raiders this uh, this season? I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to plug the big three. Uh, yeah, over at Channel 3, myself and Jesse Merrick, uh, making up the sports department over there, we will likely have some sort of um, – Raiders, we had a Silver Black show last year, which was basically uh, after Sunday Night Football, which is the most watched program on all of television, sports or otherwise, on Sunday nights. We'll have some sort of Raiders coverage after Sunday Night Football. And then obviously we also have Sports Night, which is a half-hour show on Sunday night in which uh, you know we'll have all kinds of Raider coverage. Last year I had Lincoln Kennedy with me, you know, the big, the big L. Uh, yeah. He would come on and talk to me during home games. I had Jerry Robinson, um, J-Rob, J-R Superstar, one of the Raiders alumni, former linebacker, and one of my guys. Man, I'd love to talk to that guy. We have him on to do some analyst work. So we'll have a lot of, we'll have a lot of coverage, and we'll also have some, some training um, camp stuff as well that will likely, I believe, it hasn't been finalized, but I believe we'll be collaborating with the Raiders themselves. It might have some exclusive, um, some exclusive uh, material coming from the Raiders that we'll have on Channel 3 as well. So we're looking forward to that, man. And obviously it's going to be a lot of work, but we get into this business to work. There's no better work than doing some kind of uh, Las Vegas Raiders historic coverage the first year with fans in the building at Allegiant Stadium, man. I can't wait. Yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. I always say once it gets close to football time, man, you, you kiss the wife, you kiss the girlfriend, you tell the kids, hey, I'll see you in February. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll have a daddy in February. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let me know how your life went for the last five months. Once, uh, <laughs> once football season is over, because it gets real. And and Brian, before I let you go, man, uh, the Mountain West Conference Media Days for football was going on over at the Cosmo. I saw you there on uh, on yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was yeah Wednesday. I saw you there on Wednesday. I didn't get to go by there today, but uh, overall, what was your thoughts on 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 the conference on the media days, and and what are your thoughts on UNLV this upcoming season? Well, uh, first of all, man, it was it was kind of cool to get over there and actually go to one of these. I hadn't been to one, obviously, in two years. So right. that was cool, you know. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me from that was head coach uh, Marcus Arroyo um, getting the opportunity to actually hold the media. You know what I mean? Because he right. came in as a first-year coach all under COVID, didn't have a chance to have spring ball and, uh, you know, all that other kind of stuff. So 
he, you know, he was very excitable, very um, positive uh, in talking about, you know, actually getting a chance to be in 3D, as he said, like being actually face-to-face with the media and, and, and doing stuff he, he's, he'd never had an opportunity to do because it's his first head coaching job, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that, was, that was good to kind of get out there and, and, and talk to him. But as far as the running rebels, the running rebels, the basketball team, <laughs> you know, I'm a hooper. But as far as the rebels are concerned, uh, there's nowhere to go but up. Right, right. <laughs> they it's didn't true. win any games last year, uh, so I'm looking forward to them doing better. I don't know. That's Captain Obvious, man. They, they, they should do better. I do not. There's no way I, I see them not winning a game this season. Their quarterbacks have been in camp and having the opportunity to do well in the new system. Uh, they got the Chuck Wagon back, one of their running backs, the All-American academically. Uh, he wants to go to the NFL, so he's going to try to show out, show and prove. He had somewhat of a down junior season. I think UNLV may surprise some folks, man. At least uh, I'm, I'm being – I always keep the glass half full. You know what I mean? I keep it half right. full. Who well, knows what will be in that class, depending on how they play? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, look, they have, you know, it's a it's a regular offseason. It's similar to the NFL. It's a regular offseason or as least close as possible uh, than it was last year. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, Royal coming in with the with the COVID protocols and everything. That was just a tough, a tough out for him to begin with. And I do think at one at some point, I don't know if it's right now, but at some point that stadium, Allegiant Stadium is also going to help in a major way in recruiting. And they're going to start getting some some real deal players as well that can help contribute to to the success and help them continue to get better. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it can't, it can't do anything but help them. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's just a tough. It was tough for everybody, but it's, it's obviously going to be more tough for a guy who's never done it first year in Las Vegas with the with the Rebel program that historically has been Charles Barkley terrible. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> all the spade of spade, man. They've right. been terrible for years. So, uh, I, but I do think that. He is a guy who can get the job done. Let's hope that he does. Right, absolutely. No doubt about it. And, Brian, before I let you go, man, I just got a text from my guy, AJ. He said, uh, I like Brian. He seems like an awesome guy. So I thought I'd pass that along to you, man. So, uh, <laughs> That's my, cool. That's my cool. man, AJ, AJ approves. <laughs> no doubt about it. That's Brian Salmon right there. You can catch him on, uh, man, hold on, hold on, hold up, player. I got to get you right. I'm sorry. Hold on. That's Brian Salmon, sports anchor, KSNV News 3 on Twitter. That's what I was trying to get to, at Brian with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N News 3LV. Thank you so much for your time, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Your boy Q, that's my boy Q, man. I appreciate you with a Y, the only way to spell it, man. Thanks, dog. There you go, no doubt, no doubt, man. I almost messed up his Twitter. I almost messed up everything. I couldn't, I couldn't let him go like that. I couldn't do him like that. And yeah, he spells Brian with a Y. It's like spelling Keon with no, with no U. You know, Q no U. That's how I roll. So uh, many thanks to Brian right there for giving us a few minutes of his time. I definitely appreciate it. It's three forty-five. Would love to hear from you. We're going to come back. We're going to close out hour number one seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Let me know your thoughts on the new vaccination rule. Uh, if you can't play, it's not going to be a postponement. It's going to be a forfeit. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, who are you looking forward to seeing? What are your expectations for, especially that defense? That's what I really want to concentrate on today, the defensive side of the ball for the Raiders as they get ready to get into training camp starting on the 27th. Uh, we're live right now, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in Henderson. This is In the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. 
352 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920 in the huddle. Your boy Q holding it down. Vinny Bonsignor vacationing. He'll be back on Monday. Adam Schefter just put this tweet out. Jets assistant coach Greg Knapp, who was struck by a vehicle while riding a bicycle near his home in Danville, died today. Knapp was 58. Knapp played for three NFL teams and coached seven NFL teams over 27 seasons. He's survived by his wife, Charlotte, and three daughters. So um, much prayers and much uh, thoughts going out to the family of uh, Greg Knapp, 58 years old, passed away. My man Tom hit me up on Twitter and said, uh, you know, rest in peace, coach. And he said, bikes and cars, not a good combination, not a fair match. That's very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Hate to hate to hear that. Uh, the Raiders put out a statement as well on Greg Knapp. The Raiders are saddened and stunned to hear of the passing of Greg Knapp, who served as offensive coordinator over two stints with the Silver and Black. The thoughts and prayers of the entire Raider Nation are with Coach Knapp's family during this extremely difficult time. That is off the, the Raiders' social media Twitter account. So nice thoughts by them as well. And, again, just just sucks, man. Just You never know. You never know when uh, something like that's going to pop up and, and happen and just don't you don't see those kind of things coming at all. Coming up at the top of the hour, Bill Williamson, SB Nation, has been covering the Raiders for a very, very long time. We'll uh, we'll have him on the show to talk about training camp, his expectations, what he's going to be looking forward to, what he's going to be looking for as far as improvements of the team. Team went eight and eight in 2020, 17 game season this upcoming year. Got to take that next step. I was on the phone on my way over to the facility. I was on my phone with this guy from Texas, big Cowboys fan. And he was asking me the expectations of, of the Raiders in, you know, all the books, all the betting lines. I was actually on a show the other day, yesterday, a matter of fact, asking about the betting line where the Raiders are only estimated to win six and a half games in 2021. And they asked me my thoughts, and I almost laughed. I mean, I, actually, I did laugh at him. I was like, man, they win – only six games or seven games, there's 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 a there's a problem. There's a problem. So he said, "Well, would you go? Uh, what's the over under?" I said, "Well, I'll tell you right now. It's it's way over six. It's way over seven. I mean, in a seventeen game season, man, they're they're looking for ten. They're looking for ten to twelve wins. And I know that's a big jump from eight. But if you're trying to make the playoffs, which I know this team's trying to make the playoffs, that's the goal. You got to get there. You got to find a way to to get eleven or twelve uh, eleven or twelve wins." under your belt, and then hope for the best. The Miami Dolphins showed you in 2020 they won 10 games and missed the playoffs. That was always my number that I always put out there before season started when it was a 16-game season. Hey, go win, go win double digits. You get double digits wins, you're going you're gonna to be in the playoffs. Well, the Dolphins proved me a liar last year. And look, that doesn't happen all the time, but it happened that time. So even though you look at it and say 10 wins, that's not a bad season. That's a pretty good season. Still weren't a playoff team. So... So the Raiders got to got to find a way to get to 11, 12 wins. That's a four-game jump. That's a lot. It's not easy. You know, you've seen the gradual maturation of this team since John Gruden's return. Four, seven, eight. What are you going to have in 2021? Well, we'll get Bill Williamson's thoughts. We'll kick off hour number two of In the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll do it next. We'll be talking all things Raiders with Bill Williamson. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.